Okay, so tonight uh, we're going to do bugs part three of two. Uh, I say that because I wasn't planning on doing a part three, but uh, I, there were some more things uh, decided to cover. Uh, so without further ado, I guess we'll just discuss what we're going to discuss tonight in the beginning, and then uh, we'll go over topic by topic. So the first thing I want to cover is uh, New York City water. Um, doesn't really apply anywhere really outside of the city of New York, um, but it, it is an interesting shadow there. Uh, the second item will be uh, wild salmon and cod and other fish, um, but it's mostly prevalent to those two, um, those two fish or really any other like North Atlantic uh, fish. Um, and then the third option, or the third uh, topic, will be uh, bacteria um, and other uh, microorganisms that are found in various foods, um, most notably dairy, um, and what the kashrut issue, if any, uh, they actually present. So uh, we're starting with New York water. Um, But Daniel Khanan brings down in his book on uh, keeping kosher in the kitchen. In chapter 21, he brings down this whole issue of uh, New York water. And basically, what happened was rabbis found bugs in drinking water in New York City. And there was an inspection done of the city's waters, the filtration plants and ponds and whatever. And they found there was a tiny creature in the water called a copepod. And a copepod is a very, very tiny crustacean. It's about uh, a millimeter, maybe two millimeters in length. Um, very minuscule and very hard to see, but they could be seen with the, uh, you know, the naked eye. The city of New York, is one of five cities in the United States that is not required to filter their water. The other five being Boston, Seattle, San Francisco, and Portland, Oregon. Boston, Seattle, San Francisco, and Portland, Oregon do not have copepod problems. Um, why, I don't know, but they don't. Um, New York, though, uh, did not filter the water. Um, and therefore, these copepods exist in many places in New York and many places in New York, depending on where you get the water from, will have copepods in it. So the question is, do these copepods present a kashrut concern? So the short answer is maybe. Ask your particular rabbi. The uh, the long of it, I guess, if that was the short, is that Rav Belsky and Rabbi J. David Bleich say that there's not an issue. And the reason being is the copepods are so small that you have to really search for them in order to find them. And, uh, you know, they've kind of existed in the, in the wells, the filtration system of 
uh, the New York uh, water for uh, generations, both generations of humans, but also certainly more generations of these copepods because they don't quite live as long as humans do. Um, and uh, because it's not found in every single tap in New York City, and even if it is, it's sometimes they're found in, in different quantities. So sometimes it's a very minuscule quantity and sometimes it's uh, much more. So if you were to go to New York and take a vial of water, if you put that water under a microscope, you'll find the copepod. You'll see the, the little body, you'll see the antlers, you know, the antenna, not the antlers, you'll see the antenna on it, the little legs and whatever. It just, they just swim around. They move very quickly in the water, but you'll see them under the microscope. And if you look really, really hard, you could even see them in the vial or in a cup or something like that. Um, but they're very hard to find. It's like I said, Rebelsky and Robert Bleich say that there is no uh, concern. However, uh, even though Ravbelsky was the POSIC for the OU, uh, the OU in deference to the other POSCIM in the world, uh, this is the Star Case policy as well, and uh, among a majority, it seems, of the POSCIM, uh, Belsky and Robert Black notwithstanding, is that the water in New York City needs to be filtered. Now you can filter, there are different ways of doing this. You can get a Brita filter or a uh, zero water or one of those sort of items. Um, you can have one of those uh, filtered water systems that attaches to the faucet. Uh, if you go to a lot of the Jamaica stores uh, in New York, they sell filters that you can open up the, the faucet and put the, it's like a, almost like a cotton ball. You put that in the and the faucet and then twist it back on and therefore all the water coming out of the faucet comes out pre-filtered. You have to change those every so often. Um, otherwise they, um, those, uh, um, those, uh, filters, they, they get, uh, um, they get, they get dirty and they, they wear out and then things can, can come through them. Um, you can get an under sink filtration. There's various different ways of doing the filtering, but uh, a number of the uh, posts can say that the water should be filtered. Reason being that the copepods can be seen and we know they're there. Um, and therefore, even though they're small and it's difficult to see, and again, the opinions of Belsky and, 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 and the others notwithstanding, it's better to be uh, a little more strict and filter the water in uh, New York City. Um, now, the other uh, way out is to say, well, you know, in New York, they have been drinking this water for hundreds of years. Why is it a problem now? So uh, th there certainly is that, that uh, question. It's a good question. And that's why I say, if you want to know whether you have to filter the water in New York City, uh, to ask your uh, local Orthodox rabbi about what 
the, uh, you should hold and whether you should filter it or not, or whether it's a good thing to filter, it, but it's not an absolute requirement. The difference being is if you hold, it's a good thing to filter, but you don't have to. So if you go to a public water fountain or whatever it is, not during this COVID thing, obviously, but if you were to go and, you know, uh, to a hotel or something, let's say, and fill up a glass of water from the faucet, could you drink it? So if you hold that, you absolutely have to filter the water in New York, then you can't. You can't brush your teeth with it. You can't wash your dishes in it. But if you say it's no, it's, uh, you know, it's it's not a problem. Really, it's just a, it's a humra. You have to be to, to be extra stringent to do it. But if you're in a situation where you, you, you don't have what to, to do, so then you could drink it regardless because really, it's not a problem. So I'm not coming to say whether what you should do or not, um, but just want to bring out this um, this uh, particular uh, Indian. Um, and it's a similar situation with the next topic, which is the worms found in fish. Uh, these worms are called Anisakis, and they're commonly found in wild salmon, uh, North Atlantic salmon or uh, you know, Alaskan salmon um, in the northern regions of the planet, uh, also commonly found in cod. Um, the OU on the Rebelsky says that you can have these things, it's not a problem. Uh, Moshe Heinemann himself says the halacha really should be like uh, Rebelsky, that it's not a problem, but Eliashev and many others uh, hold that, that, that it, it is a problem. And therefore, the opinion of the Star K uh, is to not allow cod, and they will not certify cod of any kind. But there are very many uh, uh, hashkachas that will certify cod or wild salmon. Um, the reason that it might be a potential issue is where this anisakis is coming from. So the lacha is that if the worms or the bug, whatever it is, didn't come from somewhere and crawl to one separate location. But let's say you have a cup of water and there are worms in the water, but the worms grew out of said water. They didn't come from anywhere else. They grew out of said water. They spent their entire life in said cup. So worms are technically kosher. Now, most people won't eat them today, even though they are kosher. Um, and therefore, if you wanted to eat them, there might be a separate uh, issue of Balshtishaksu, of not doing things that uh, most people consider disgusting. Um, but they are officially kosher. Anisakis is found not in the stomach of uh, the fish, but it's found in the meat. Um, if worms are found in the stomach of the fish, it's strafe. Or, you know, the worms are no good. Um, and the fish also. Um, but if it's found in the meat of the fish, so there's no, there's nowhere for the, the, you know, the anisakis who have crawled in from or come from shore or wherever it is, they stay, they are found and stay in the actual, you know, the meat of the fish. And therefore, since they're grown there and they stay there and they didn't come from anywhere else, they should be kosher. Alpi Gemara, Alpi Shulchan Aruch, um, 
and like I said, Opie Rybelski, and the and the personal opinion of Rosh Hashanah. Um, but because a lot of the Gedolim, uh, the, the rabbis and poskim have you know have, have, uh, essentially outlawed um, such fish, even though again the OU allows it, um, and many other shkachas allow it, there's still many that, that don't. Um, and uh, Rav Heinemann posits that the reason for that is because maybe they're afraid that the anisakis came into the meat of the fish through the stomach. Maybe they, they went you know from the stomach and crawled through and went into the meat of the fish that way through the bloodstream. I don't know exactly how it would have happened. I'm not a, a marine biologist. Um, but for whatever reason, the, uh, um, the anisakis and fish presents a potential kashrut issue. Again, there's no kashrut issue whatsoever. The issue is more that the, uh, the postkim and the rabbis of today have ostered it. Um, uh, the anisakis is a little different than copepods in that you can't really even see the anisakis in the flesh of the worm, or in the flesh of the, 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 the fish. The copepods, you could, you could, if you really look hard, find them in the water and you'll see them with your eye. The anisakis are very thin, they, and they're sort of clear, they kind of, and they're in the actual meat of the fish, they're not resting on top of it, and so you, you have to find it, you can find them in a light box, um, or under ultraviolet light, uh, you can see them, and they're actually pretty big, they're about an inch to two inches, um, they're not a, a small uh, thing, that's a real, uh, it's, it's like a schmack of worm. Um, so, uh, um, th those are the potential issues with, with fish. Again, not coming to say whether you should eat the cod or the wild salmon or not, just uh, you know, presenting uh, the potential issue that should you choose to partake or want to partake, you can ask uh, an informed question of your uh, local Orthodox rabbi. Um, and the, the final uh, thing I want to discuss is really microorganisms, not just uh, copepods, which you can actually see, but things that are microscopic. Today, we know that if you take yogurt or cheese and put it under a microscope, you'll see hundreds and thousands of bacteria swarming as living organisms that make these things. You cannot make yogurt or cheese without bacteria. Bacteria is what turns the milk into yogurt and cheese. So we don't say that, you know, now that we found that bacteria exist, when we didn't know that they existed 2,000 years ago, we don't say that the Torah is going to come and tell you uh, that the Torah is going to come and say, aha, I've got you now, you know. That uh, you know, all of a sudden, the you know cheese and, and dairy products are going to be usher because now, two thousand years later, we know that bacteria exist. Well, it's not the case. We, one, we didn't know, and two, uh, that was already permitted, and three, as we said regarding the copepods, that things that are not able to be seen without the the aid of a microscope 
um, or something along those lines, we don't have to worry about. Ravadio Yosef has a whole teshuva about it in Yichavidat, about um, about bugs. If you if you need to if you need to blow them up to see that they're bugs, then we're not worried about those kind of bugs. The kind of bugs we're worried about are thrips or aphids or mites or things that you can see, even though they're small, but you can see it very clearly. That's a bug. But the things you can't see without uh, all sorts of outside aid, um, whether it be you know a microscope, ultraviolet light, or things like ultraviolet light regarding the the anisakis, uh, those sorts of things, um, Ravadi says we're not worried about. Um, and in fact, Moshe Feinstein also is a shuva that says that you know if you see something on, on like a thrip cloth, you're, you're checking for for bugs, um, and, and you see a black spot or something and you can't tell if it's a bug or not. You think it is, you're not entirely sure. He says even that should be allowed because it has to be neurolainayim, yet your eyes have to be able to see it. And if you can't see it and you can't recognize it almost immediately that that's a bug, so then that's not the type of bug that we're worried about. And again, there are uh, postkim on both sides that'll tell you, you know, these are the copepods are okay, copepods are not okay. Anasakis is okay, Anasakis is not okay. Regarding bacteria, everyone's going to tell you that's okay. Right? Uh, you know, no one's going to tell you Salmonella is okay. Right? We try as hard as we can to pasteurize things and make sure that uh, harmful bacteria aren't allowed in, but good bacteria. Th- Probiotics, things that are naturally found and are part of the process of making yogurt or part of the process of making cheese or part of the process of making aspartame. Yes, aspartame. We'll go to that in a second. That Those bacteria, totally normal, totally allowed. And we're not going to say that just because now we know there's, uh, you know, there is a microorganism there. They're going to say, now that we know it's there, it's usser. What are we going to say? We're going to, if we're going to say that's us, we're going to say that you know for 3,000 years, our ancestors all ate treif. And, and the Torah doesn't work like that. Regarding aspartame, aspartame isn't bacteria. Um, it's, uh, for lack of a better term, essentially bacterial excrement. Um, it's essentially corn syrup. They throw a bunch of bacteria into the vat, um, and the bacteria eat through the corn syrup uh, and excrete uh, aspartame. Um, you know, kind of happens uh, over a you know, overnight period or a day or two, or depending on how big the vat is. Um, but after a given amount of time, it goes from corn syrup to aspartame, and it changes a little bit the chemical composition so that uh you know what was before corn syrup and had calories and uh, whatever is now aspartame um and it's a bacterial byproduct and has uh you know no calories and is now an artificial sweetener um it really is just uh essentially corn syrup where we took the calories out by having bacteria eat it. Um, but that is why aspartame presents a kosher uh, concern for Pesach um, because it's a kidney oat derivative. So most hashkachas, not all, um, but many hashkachas uh, will not allow it for Passover production because it is a corn derivative. 
Um, others say that you know once the bacteria eat it and change it and change the chemical uh, makeup of it, so then it's no longer considered the corn derivative. Um, but so it's not that a lot of things are going through. You take a handful or a couple scoops of uh, of, of the, you know, bacterial powder and throw it into the vat, and uh, you know in the morning that has uh, now totally changed its composition. So it's hard to say that um, you know it's no longer really corn because 99.9999% uh, of the stuff in the vat is exactly the same. It's just gone through uh, a semi-digestive process. Um, but that that's a totally separate topic. Um, but in the end, bacteria is allowed. Uh, yeast, we know, is a living organism. Um, that's a fungus. Yeast is totally allowed. Um, yeast has given us some of the greatest things on the planet, bread and beer, um, and fermentation, wine, and uh, um, and uh, yeah, um, so all, all these, uh, the microscopic organisms uh, do not present um, any kashru concern and nor do they present uh, a health concern unless obviously it's something like salmonella or listeria, which nobody uh, kosher or not wants in their food. Uh, any questions? and everybody talk at once. Uh, yes, Rabbi, uh, I have a question. Sure. Uh, so you were discussing how, um, I, I came in a little late, I'm very sorry for that, uh, but you were discussing how there was some kind of issue with uh, New York water. Yeah. I was wondering if, and I was wondering if that issue was purely for um, drinking said water or... Uh, if you did something transformative to that water, i.e. Uh, use that water for brewing um, alcohol, beer, wine, et cetera, et cetera, um, would you still need to uh, do the filtration uh, to make sure that that water is kosher? So, um, and for the for the postgum, the rabbis are going to say that there's no issue with the water, so there's no issue with brewing or uh, doing anything with it, including drinking it. Um, brewing and uh, fermenting and distilling uh, presents an interesting question because a lot of that stuff is filtered um, in the brewing or fermentation process. Um, so that would depend on how the brewery or distillery or winery is uh, producing it. Um, it's only with New York City water, so I don't really know how many uh, wineries it's really uh, affecting. Um, and uh, I, I don't believe there's any kosher wineries uh, in New York City, so it's not going to affect wine. Um, but uh, certainly could for beer or uh, whiskey that's made in New York City. Um, but again, if they're filtering the water or doing any sort of... Uh, uh, if they're cleaning it out um, or they, they clean the, the product afterward, um, it's 
it's not going to present any sort of a kashru concern. I will, uh, however, present a kashru concern for something like brushing your teeth um, or putting in your uh, hot water urn to make coffee or something like that. Um, even though we're, you know, obviously coffee is a form of drinking it, but, you know, we're saying that if you put it in a hot water heater, you're most likely going to kill these copepods. Uh, still, uh, they're going to be in there, so uh, they'll present a problem, as well as brushing brushing your teeth, because you're, uh, you know, putting water uh, on the toothbrush, um, or if you're rinsing your mouth out or something like that, that will also be a problem for the post game that say, that the um, the copepods present a problem. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Very right, welcome. Anybody else? Okay, so I think that'll about uh, cover uh, the bug topic as we've uh, been discussing in the last three weeks. I don't think there's much more I have to, uh, to discuss on it. So I think we're gonna move on to something next week. Um, still working on uh, the topic for next week. So be on the lookout uh, for uh, that WhatsApp message. Um, slash email or however else you're getting uh, the Zoom meeting invite. Um, we'll send out a, a Zoom meeting invite probably Monday, Tuesday next week. Uh, we, depending on when we get the topic, we'll either send that out with the Zoom meeting invite or we'll send it out subsequently. Uh, I'm hoping not to have a game time decision. Wish everybody a good night and Brooklyn Riley Lum, Amen Ve Amen.